is going to electrocute the person who killed her with a toaster and like literally throws it, like plugs it in with a bloody hand, throws it up over into the bathtub, dies, and then he's electrocuted to death. Yeah, it's a good electrocution. I buy it, and he's he's so committed to it that he, yeah. as he's th- as he's thrashing around, he gets his mouth full of like soapy water and just leaves it there. So well mm-hmm. done to that actor. I mean, well done. So they're like, wow. And by the way, this is not even like our main heroes of the movie. This is just like all set up. Yeah, this is side death. This is just side deaths. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, which meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror section of our local video store in our quest to survive and to ensure we end up as the final girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook. Breaking them down one by one, geeking out about all of the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey guys! Hello! Welcome to the Horror Movie Survival Guide Podcast. We, this is episode six. So this is episode six. Um, I'm Marion Kerr. I'm Julia Marquez. And today, you lucky, lucky people, uh, we are going to be discussing Shriek of the Mutilated. Yeah. Horror Movie Survival Guide is the first podcast from Indie Popcorn, and we are recording at the circus. This uh, We are recapping our horror movie notebook, which we kept in college. Uh, we watched every horror movie in the horror section of our local video store, mm-hmm. and we get to revisit them with you. You lucky people. You are lucky. So lucky. This episode is called White Meat or Dark. Yeah. <laughs> all, so that, should, all that'll make sense later. <laughs> it will make sense. So uh, we are a spoiler show. You can't really talk about horror movies without talking about the deaths and whatnot. So if you haven't seen Shriek of the Mutilated, maybe check it out. Mm-hmm. And then listen to it afterwards. And then yeah. you'll be like, oh, I know what they're talking about now. <laughs> It'll all make sense. It'll all make sense. Uh, so this movie was made in 1974. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly low budget. Yeah. Uh, it was directed, there's a husband and wife team uh, called Michael and Roberta Findlay, who I guess were doing sort of a lot of these horror movies. And exploitation type. Exploitation exactly. kind of movies in the 70s. Um, and this was sort of in that, in that ballpark for them. Yeah, they have a, um, Michael Findlay has a terrific movie horror movie name run I'll, I'll just tell you some of the other ones he directed uh the sin syndicate it's pretty good mm-hmm. satan's bed then he had a, a a series which was the touch of her flesh the curse of her flesh the kiss of her flesh uh and my and my favorite the closer to the bone the sweeter the meat i mean unbelievable That's an like amazing the, these title. are all you think of the title first and then movie comes later which is ps definitely what this movie is all about yeah we only i mean because we were looking at these uh, movies on vhs so we have the box art which is a lost a lost art mm-hmm. but you look at the box for Shriek of the mutilated and you hear the title and you're like yeah i got to watch that no, that's an we're amazing definitely in. title definitely in doesn't really live up to the title sadly i mean just has nothing to do with it like that's you know a thing it, it's it's not terrifically well made yeah. The thing that was very surprising when we were watching it this time, and I was like, okay, so so what film is this for Michael Finley? Because I would guess first film, second film. Third, maybe. This is his 18th film. Yeah. And it's, wow. I mean. Man. Yeah. 18th. Uh, and we also looked up the uh, the DP is his wife, Roberta, and I looked at, because, yeah, same thing. Julie and I were like, wow, this is, I mean, there's some... There's some there's some shots here that just this should not they're, be here. They're like it's not even they're t- cutting off the top of her head. It's like cutting off the eyebrows. It's like incredibly strange. Yeah, it's framing. like close up. There's a couple of close ups of like our, our our main girl and where she's just like oh in peril in the woods. What shall I do? And it's the frame as I think is like top of the frame is eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the frame is like her upper lip. 
and you're like, I, so it's not even eye shot, it's not face, like, I don't know what that shot's supposed to be. There's a guy that has an amazing monologue that we'll get into later, and monologue's incredible. Like, it's just, it's like full bonkers. And for some reason, it's shot kind of like above, like, like where his forehead meets his hair. Like, that's where the camera is. And you're like, and again, the monologue's amazing, but you're like, why, why is the camera there? We were asking our question, ourselves that question a lot. Why is the camera there? That's a valid question. And uh, Roberta's 16th DP credit. Yeah. So, so I guess it's just choices. I mean, this is that kind of like Ed Wood thing where you're just like, you know, I'm just going to make this movie. Maybe yeah. I'm not the best director or the best DP, but I'm just going to go for it. So yeah. I, I give them points for that. Fair. But yeah. you will be noticing it does seem like a yeah. maybe a first film. But you can't be mad when people are kind of confused when you <laughs> When later you're watching. We also had this theory. We're like, what if they made this movie in like six days or something? Maybe where they're just like, just go, just go. No time to but look at scenes. Even then, you got to make sure the shots in focus. Like these yeah, are small movie making things. Yeah, I know. So mm-hmm. just that's off the top, guys. So uh-huh. just so you know, you going know, into it, cinematography, yeah. mm-mm, yeah. no, not that great. Script, not not, a, not fantastic. Not, not a strength, but this movie. still mm-hmm. kind of fun. But there is some. Um, I mean, so this movie uh, it was made in 1974. This movie is so 1974. This is probably some one of the some of the grooviest. Yeah. There is a main character named Lynn who is this redheaded girl with these like giant like octagonal glasses. Yeah. And then she's wearing this kind of like red shag. It's not even a shag. It's like groovier than a shag. Yeah, it's like that thing that kind of shag haircut where it's like girls almost have like the sideburn look that is grown out to like their chin and it like curls. Like she's just she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, she's the the kind of virginal, you know, mm-hmm. the dorky one. Well, let's go into like the the, the sort of the plot, the okay. premise of this movie. Well, yes, okay. So we have our, our main characters. Yeah, we have four students. Right, and uh, so it's four college students and their professor. Yes, Doctor Prell, mm-hmm. and uh, they, he is teaching. He's an anthropology teacher who is who is obsessed with the Yeti. Right. And so these are four students that he's going to take on a field trip to go find said Yeti. Right. Oh, and by the way, this film definitely takes place in, like, upstate New York. So... You know those Yetis in upstate New York. You know, the Yetis in upstate New York. So just just, just putting that out there. Okay, sorry, continue. So so we open with uh, the professor explaining the Yeti to us Mm -hmm. and how they're going to go find them. Um, And how it's definitely real and definitely exists. uh Mm Uh-huh. So, you know, those college professors that believe in Yetis and take children to field trips to go find them. Right. That's okay. That's fine. All the time. But before they leave on the field trip, we have to have an excellent party sequence. Yes. Now, the thing about this party sequence yeah. is that there is a song called Popcorn by Hot Butter, which is one of the cheesiest, goofiest, greatest songs ever written and is for some reason in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was written for this movie or yeah. just happened to be in this movie. That's a good question. But the party sequence is just you have a, a guy going, hey, buddy, want some popcorn? And then, you know, it's probably copyrighted. We probably can't do that, but that's okay. Um, but we found out that uh, later versions, so the VHS version has popcorn by Hot Butter, and later versions there was some sort of rights issue with mm-hmm. the song, so it's not in every version. Which is so, a crying shame. Yes. So if you're watching it and popcorn by Hot Butter does not play in the party sequence, then yeah. you need to watch another version because it's worth it just yeah. for that song. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this, they have this whole intro party sequence and yeah, it's everyone having a good time before they're going to go on the Yeti expedition. Um, and then 
troubled man shows up to the party. Spencer St. Clair. Spencer St. Clair. Who doesn't um, look like the kind of guy who would go to a party in the first place. At all. No. Like, it's, yeah, it's a guy who shows up to a party in a suit, and he's got that, like, troubled, like, why are you all having a good time? You shouldn't be having a good time. The world's insane kind of, like, energy. Um, and an incredible comb-over. An incredible comb-over. Um, and, uh, yeah, and basically Spencer, he finds out that the kids are going, oh, Lynn tells him, right? Yeah. yeah. Finds out that they're going uh, to go look for the Yeti. and Going on a field trip. Going on a field trip. Which he says, they told me there would be no more field trips. Yeah. And then, like, basically the crazy just goes from there. And then, then everyone's like, oh, okay, well, we'll just go over here. And then he starts monologuing. Yes, so he, he monologues about how he was on the field trip seven years ago and how everybody on that field trip died and that he's the only one who survived and they yeah. took, and how he told, they said they were never going to do it again. And, yeah. you know. and there's this incredible flashback where he's talking about what happened on the trip and he was, yes, it was during a blizzard. And, da, da, da. and they show a flashback of it. And the blizzard effect in, of, of him is basically Spencer running through the woods and the footage is just blown out. So it looks all white, and you can hear like blizzard noises, like blown out footage, and like, like you know, blizzard noises, and that's how you know it was happening during the blizzard. Yeah, they can't. They, they obviously could not wait for a blizzard, and right. also it's blown out so much you can't really tell what's going on. No, it's unclear. Yeah, it's but unclear. I, I will say that I've all. I kind of would like to go to a party where somebody has a massive freak out like that where like totally. the entire party stops and you just watch this guy freak out and tell this story totally like you're going to catalina they said no more people would go to catalina you and know then they and just go monster yeah. yeah that'd be amazing um so then we so spencer st Clair is there with his girlfriend long-suffering mm-hmm. girlfriend wearing an, a terrible hat mm-hmm. uh who then go home they go home this yeah, is like spencer's ruined the party at this point so yeah, she's so like she, we're leaving she's and, pissed that he's mm-hmm. he's ruined the party not sympathetic to the fact that he went through this incredible trauma. No, she seems pretty annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it takes up to go home, and uh, he decides to slit her throat. Yeah, so they go home, and she's like, you ruined this for me. And they have sort of like another squabble in the kitchen. And then he just takes a massive bread knife, mm-hmm. slits her throat, which I definitely looked away from. And, um, and then <laughs> there's this shot that's maybe, maybe our favorite shot in this movie of Spencer in a bathtub, in all his clothes, covered in blood, having a beer. As you do. What do you do when after you slit your th- girlfriend's throat? Mm-hmm. You take a bath and you yeah. have a beer and you relax a little bit. So Julie and I are enjoying this shot. Like we see this shot, we're like, this shot's ridiculous. And then the movie's like, oh, you think that's ridiculous? Time to take it up a notch. How about we have the girlfriend whose throat has just been slit crawling towards the bathtub? Not with, quite dead. With a toaster. Who then gonna plug in that toaster and gonna chug that toaster right in the bathtub? Yeah. So like, and, and it's done in like this long shot where like you see him in the bath and it's like okay, bath, bath, and we're all having our like ha ha ha. This is funny. And then you there's this sort of like um sort of shot of like the floor and you hear this like scraping noise and you're like what? And then she comes scraping, crawling on her hands and knees while pushing a toaster across the floor. Like in the last throes of life, her idea is that she is going to electrocute. She knows he's in the bathtub for some reason. Uh, is going to electrocute the person who killed her with a toaster and like literally throws that like plugs it in with a bloody hand throws it up over into the bathtub dies and then he's electrocuted to death yeah it's a good electrocution I buy it and he's he's so committed to it that he, yeah. as he's th- as he's thrashing around he gets his mouth full of like soapy water and just leaves it there so well mm-hmm. done to that actor I mean well done so they're like wow and by the way this is not even like our main heroes of the movie this is just like all set up yeah and this is side death this is just side deaths <laughs> not then, real death and then they go on the expedition 
station. So they get into this um, super groovy uh, mystery machine. Oh, and they go to the gas station where they run into the Crazy Ralph. So, okay, so Crazy Ralph is the guy in Friday the 13th who's like, you're all doomed. You can't go to Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, and that guy shows up a lot. He always shows up, and we always, that's one of our rules. If a a Crazy Ralph shows up, you listen to the Crazy Ralph. Because he's totally right. He always knows what's right. Mm -hmm. This Crazy Ralph is just like, I'm not even going to bother telling you because you're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> he knows. He's seen so many people get killed. He's just over it. He's like, oh, yeah? You guys are all going to go all the Yeti? Yeah. All right, bye. All like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they get in their groovy, uh, they get in their groovy uh, uh, van that has all the, like, the flower stickers on it, and they head up to Boot Island, um, which is definitely in upstate New York. Um, and uh, they, we meet uh, Dr. Carl. Uh, oh, Carl. Yeah. Carl's um, got, he's, he's hmm, kind of a, like a Muppety mustache almost. Mm-hmm. He's very well dressed. He has some like riding boots. Yeah, super 70s. Like these skin tight, yeah. like riding pa- like pants. And he's he's kind of creepy. He is super creepy. Yeah. I think he's meant to be kind of like this mysterious, perhaps somewhat attractive owner of the compound where they're going to go look for the Yeti. Mm. But really, because um, of our four, so we have uh, Karen and Keith, who are sort of like the Barbie and Ken of this right. movie, and then there's Lynn and Tom. Lynn is the groovy, super 70s girl with the octagonal glasses, and Tom is sort of the goofy... He's kind of a dick. Yeah, kind of a dick. You know, has the guitar playing, whatever. Like, that's the first guy that's going to go, clearly. Um, and they sort of have this dynamic they're trying to play off where, like, Lynn's kind of attracted to, like, Dr. Carl in the beginning, mm-hmm. and he's so creepy, like, with his creepy mustache. Yeah, nobody's going to be attracted to no that one, guy. No one did that. So Sorry like, to the guy who played that, but no. I'm sure he's a lovely man. I'm sure he's But delightful. yeah, but your character is unbelievably creepy. And of course, he has his house Indian, Laughing Crow. As you do. Who uh, is chopping wood shirtless, even though everybody else is in like uh, jackets and capes. It's clearly oh. very cold outside, but he's shirtless and uh-huh. uh, chopping wood. So he seems to have, he's mute and uh, has some sort of mental difficulties. They're yeah. not really clear on what Laughing Crow's Laughing Crow was expelled from his tribe right. because he saw the Yeti and his tribe didn't believe in the Yeti. So now Carl kindly took him in and has him chop wood and make dinner and yeah, and just be terrifying mm-hmm. in general. Um, so yeah, so they're all kind of gathered together in the house. Everyone gets their rooms. They're going to go to bed, and then the next morning they're going to wake up and start their Yeti hunting. Their Yeti hunting. Yeah. We do get a Yeti song played by Tom on the piano, which is excellent. Yeah. Uh, I would just just for that. That's a pretty. I have this theory that like the actor like brought in that song, um, and that's how he got the part because it's he's he goes for it. Maybe you should try that to your next audition. Be like, I, um, I wrote a song about I wrote this. A song about this? Do you is it it's okay? Slide in a piano. <laughs> he also does a W. C. Fields impression. He does, uh huh. Which I do enjoy. Which maybe that's also how he got the part. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't know. There, there's, these are all options. Um, so yeah. So basically, the next morning they get up to begin their yeti hunting. Um, I think all the guys have guns too. Everyone has a rifle. I think just like, Tom has a gun. Just, was it just Tom or Keith did too? I don't think so. No, okay. Um, and, they, he had, and he has a big rope around him. I don't know what the rope's for. I don't know. You know, lasso your Yeti. <laughs> um, but that's when uh, when they they all kind of go their separate ways because splitting up. Even though we know this is a terrible idea, as we have learned, don't split up. They immediately split up. Um, and we lose Tom. Tom's the first one to Tom go. is the first one. Clawed mm-hmm. across the face. So the, the and that's ra- when we first see the Yeti. We first see the Yeti. So mm-hmm. when you first see the Yeti, 
<laughs> it is clearly a dude in a costume. Just a guy. You see tennis shoes. Like, no Like, joke. he's running. And also, it's not the Yeti. Like, I know you guys are probably picturing, like, lumbering. Like, ugh, Like, lumbering. Like, no, no. There's no lumbering. Like, it's it's like he full sprints. It's like the Yeti is like a marathon, long-distance runner. Like... When he sees you, they have these long shots of the Yeti running across the green. He does, he does his arms low, like he's kind of loping. But, but he is hauling. Yeah. Like, that Yeti can move, you know? Like, you're not going to outrun it. That's, that's not a thing. Yeah, um, so they, do, they don't even try to cover the fact that he's wearing tennis shoes, which yeah. is fantastic. They're white tennis shoes. They are white tennis shoes. So they do match his Yeti yeah. costume. So the first time you see it, it's basically 100% a guy in a suit, definitely with tennis shoes, that jumps on this actor and claws him to death, I think yeah. was the... Yeah, across the face. Across the face, yeah. But you knew that was coming, because Tom was a dick. Definitely, yeah. No, Tom was going to be the first to go. Um, um, and then, of course, Tom goes missing, so nobody can find Tom, right. and they so, all go back, and they're like, "But where's Tom?" And then, you know, um, main girl does a lot of a lot of hair hair grasping. Yeah, there's a lot of hair acting from her in this movie. <laughs> a lot of hair acting. So they decide to go out on a, on, a, on a mission to find Tom, right? Um, but they don't find Tom. They only find Tom's leg. Uh, uh, uh. So we have Tom's leg, which we bring back. They bring back and put on a table under a sheet. Yeah, and just like talk about. They're mm-hmm. just like, well. This happened, you know, and like that's the thing is like uh, uh, Karen, our our lead girl, is just like, oh my god, it's a leg, I mean, which is pretty reasonable. Um, but everyone else is like super, like, well, all right, this is his leg. What do we do with this leg? What are we going to do with this leg? Well, let's decide to use this leg as bait. That would be a great idea. Which leads to uh, uh, one of our favorite exchanges in this movie, yeah. where Doctor Prell uh, asks Carl if he has a sturdy bear trap. Yeah, the the, the exchange goes down like this, where they're just being very, they're, they're, literally there's a leg of his student on, on the dining room table. And the professor turns to, to Dr. Carl and they're sort of deciding what they're going to do about this. And he says, Carl, do you have a sturdy bear trap? And Carl goes, no, but I have a fair-sized wolf trap. <laughs> like amazing, amazing. And again, Julie and I were like, are we just so city girls that like this is nothing but funny? And like, you know, people who are live in more rural communities are like, yeah, no, that's 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 legit. That makes sense. You know, a fair sized wolf trap. I mean, I was crying. Like, it was so funny, you know. And there's some total seriousness. Like, oh, so great. So, um, so Keith uh, is the golden boy of Dr. Mm-hmm. Prowl and has no problem with using Tom's leg as bait. Yeah. Um, we should also mention that uh, Dr. Prell is gr- seems to be grooming him for something. We're yes. not really cu- sure what. Oh, yeah, because during the party sequence, uh, Keith doesn't go to the party because he's too busy at some fancy restaurant. A very Dr. exclusive restaurant exclusive. where Dr. Prell orders off the menu a specialty ginseng. Ginseng? Something, something like of that. that? Okay. Yes, uh-huh. it's, it's a specialty. You know, you don't need to know what it is. It's mm-hmm. just know that it's delicious. But Keith enjoys it. But they mention at the first dinner that they have at Carl's house that they also had this and everybody else had problems eating it. They were not enjoying it. But Keith right. was like, yeah, give me some. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, so they decide that they're going to use um, Tom's leg for bait. Before they do this, um, I forget now why exactly, but Lynn kind of goes off on her own for a little bit to look for Tom. Was mm-hmm. it? I'm she not... sleeps in late because she was very traumatized. Right. That was the idea. Yeah. Um, and she also has this other great sequence that we love where she's sort of, you know, doing the like, oh, I'm just going to wander around and like definitely going to be killed. Uh, but I'm just going to wander around even though one of our tribe is missing. And she's walking towards this greenhouse and there's a broom on the ground and she's out on in a field, a field of grass where there's a broom nearby. And she walks by and she picks up the broom and she starts sweeping the grass. That were just like... Was that direction she was giving? Was I, that an improvisation? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? What is, what is that for? Doesn't you matter. Know, when you sweep the grass. When you sweep the... When you're just thinking along with your thoughts and you sweep the grass. Yep. As you do. Um, but that leads to her uh, ending up uh, towards the greenhouse and meeting the Yeti in all his tennis shoe glory mm-hmm. yet again. Um, and so that's it for Lynn. 
Yes, um, they, they they give you very brief glimpses of the yin. Not too yeah. much. Yeah. They, you know, that suit's not going to hold up for more than a couple of seconds for, yeah. for screen time. Uh-huh. Um, yes, and Lynn is also clawed, mm-hmm. clawed to death. Clawed to death. So then we have Karen freaking out. She's, she's, so this actress decides that freaking out literally just means screaming. And so there's just a lot of like... And also Lily, like she's got the groovy long 70s hair that's yeah. like down to her waist. And so it also means like just, you know, thrashing your hair back and forth so your hair's all over your face and screaming and, you know, men having to grab you by your shoulders and being like, stop it, slap her. We, we, she also, uh, she sleeps in her makeup, which, yeah. okay, as a girl, that's sure. something you're like, hmm, odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lynn, before she croaks, uh, sleeps in her glasses. Yeah. Which is an odd choice. Yeah, that is not their choices. Oh. But so we have Karen, who now has two two dead friends, mm-hmm. and has heard Mister Saint Clair rhapsodize about right. how he lost his friends. So right. she knows something's up. Mm-hmm. So she's of course telling Keith to leave, uh-huh. and eh, maybe not. And Keith's like, maybe not. Like I think all of Doctor Pearl's suggestions so far have been pretty good. So I think we should use Tom's leg, and I think we should track down this Yeti. And I think I feel like this is the point too, where like Tom uh, Keith rather gets a little like testosterone about right. like you know this is what we're you know we have to do this. We're going to capture this thing. Blah blah blah. And doesn't um, seem doesn't seem to think it's weird that his his. Professor is like, no, no, let's just lose your friend's leg as bait, and we're going to catch this letter, let capture the Yeti uh-huh. closer than we've ever been. Let's go, let's go. He's like, okay, all right, that's fine. So um, um, this is where the movie starts to turn a bit. Yeah. And this is, this is the part of the movie that we were pleasantly surprised by. What? Because it turns out the guy in, in terrible Yeti suit is actually... Guy in terrible yeti suit. Guy in terrible yeti suit. They explain that it really is a guy in a terrible yeti suit, Mm -hmm. Um, and that uh, Carl and Doctor Prell are actually members of a cannibalistic cult who love to eat people, and they were luring their. uh, They were using the yeti, using the yeti as an excuse and Uh as a little bit of a diversion from their actual. Uh uh, What's the word? Uh, I mean, you know, cannibalistic. From their actual purpose Uh of uh, eating students. Right. Um, So they have a cannibalistic cult, the finger people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they, they give it a French title, uh, Le Jean de Dois. That's right. Uh, for some reason, it has a French title, just because, you know, why not? Um, um, so, so Keith has, Keith uh, goes, escapes, tries to find the cop. Of course, the cop's in on it and, uh-huh. and is not going to turn uh, turn them in. So they, they, they explain the, the cannibals from around the world join them for their, their ritual dinner. Yeah. Uh, where they, ha- they enjoy theatrics, they explain. Yeah. And that how fun it is to, uh, they, they say, scaring someone to death is the pure way to kill somebody because there's right. no bruises on the body mm-hmm. and therefore the body is the most delicious. Right. So then they, that's when they, but, but, he, but Keith's like, but the Yeti, but the Yeti. And then they reveal like the Yeti costume that it actually is a costume. It is a guy in a suit. It's supposed to be in a guy in a suit, but you're just trying to scare people to death because they make for the best eaten. That's right. Apparently, which they do do to Karen. Yes. Um, they have a sequence where, you know, uh, Laughing Crow and other people are, you know, running across in the Yeti costume or she turns around and they're in the bathroom with her where they turn and the actress just like hair axe, hair axe, hair axe mm-hmm. and death. Um, yeah. So you have a, you have a group of uh, cannibals. We have a, a small Indian boy who's part of the, the cannibalistic cult. Right. We have a uh, Zulu chief. Lucas, I guess so. Yeah. So I guess like the idea is that every, uh, there's seven of them. So every year they rotate and they uh-huh. kill somebody for the others to dine upon. They have right. some sort of German Fuhrer type guy that they contact on the CB. Totally. Welcome, he's, he, you know, good eating and bon appetit to everybody. Totally. Yeah. So uh, Keith is, is being held at gunpoint by the cop and they're explaining their cannibalistic cult to them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah. And then they wheel out Karen on this tray, like full, like sacrificial lamb slaughter. They're just like, join us, Keith. Be one of us. You know you liked it. You were the only one who did. You ate ginseng. And you then he ginseng. realizes what he's been eating this entire time. Which right. Is, and it's like, people. He's been eating people. people. Yeah. There was that, there's that whole moment. Um, but then you have the... So then you realize this. And then they bring Keith over to Karen's body. And they're just like, come on, do it. Join it. You'll be one of us. And that's when they have this great line. That's, we got Laughing Crow, who we, until this point in the movie, had thought that he was mentally slow and dumb mm-hmm. and cannot speak, mm-hmm. but actually has just been playing that the entire time. So he comes out. We have Karen's body, sacrificial. We have close up on Keith's face. Everybody's coming in with their plates. And he brings out the electric carver. And he says, white meat or dark? Squeeze! Yeah, and then they, <laughs> <laughs> they turn on the cover. And movie. And that's the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the end of the movie is your main final girl getting eaten by a cannibalistic cult, which is pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we were sort of just thinking, well, this is just a bad movie, guy in the suit, da da da. But I did sort of enjoy that they kind of seemed to be self-aware enough to know that would be everyone's presumption that this is a cheap whatever movie so the Yeti is just a guy in a suit but it is actually a guy in a suit there's a bigger thing going on so they explain it away so we gave them points for that we did give them points for that there was also one of my other kind of errors that you're just like what is happening is there's a great uh, scene when they're trying to use Tom's leg to trap the Yeti where um, Keith hears something and it's nighttime and there's like you know floodlights or whatever to try and trap the Yeti and he hears something and he walks out of the shot uh, we cut back to a shot inside the house, and then when we cut back to Keith, it's daylight. Like, he's outside, and it's daylight, and it's what you're like, oh, okay. They were just like, you know, we need to do some reshirts. We can't wait for nighttime. No. It's just going to be daytime now. Yeah. What difference does it make? Well, it's fine. Nobody cares. But we were just like, wait, what? Like, what? Yeah. There's there's a lot of that in this movie. Um, but no, the, ti- the title is awesome, and I feel like because it kind of turns it around and has such an amazing last-minute... Uh, you know, or amazing kind of final line. It's, I'm not saying this movie's a total time waster. Like, I think there's, there's, you know. It's, it's no Jacob's Ladder. It's no Jacob's Ladder. Um, but in the world of these kind of like cheapo 70s, at you least know, they have a they some were going crea- for something. Some creativity. Yeah, they were definitely going for something. So I, so I give it that. Um, so I think at the time when we rated it, uh, we gave it a gore factor of two. Yeah, which not is, much gore. Yeah, which is pretty pretty fair. Um, and I gave it a three, which is probably pretty generous. I gave it a three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. So I was a little bit more into it than you were. Okay. Because I just I you know when you when you when you're fighting against the odds of low budget filmmaking and, uh-huh. you, and you try just that extra little the bit, extra little bit, and the fact that you know you, the main character wears a cape. Yeah. And you have uh, <laughs> lines like "more raucous than a moose." Yeah, that, or and also the uh, the we looked at we found the poster for this uh, online, which is actually really amazing too. Uh, and the tagline they have for it is "A corpse is bait in the trap of terror." That's a good tagline. Which again, you know, it's like you're thinking, you know, that's something. So it is. Um, this movie is available on Amazon Video. Um, whether or not it has the popcorn by Hot Butter soundtrack, I don't know. I will always advocate watching any film on VHS, but that's mm-hmm. the kind of girl that I am. Yeah, but it happens. The party scene happens pretty early on, so I think if you just kind of like scroll through like the first like eight minutes, like it's around like the eight ten minute mark. Um, so you can find out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's a. That's our, that's our recommendation for oh, Shmulated. Um, so you can find us. Uh, we are at uh, uh, at we are with a letter R into survival on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
all the places. We are we are into survival on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram. We are Horror Movie Survival Guide. Oh, okay. So that's the name of our Listen podcast. Listen to Julia, not to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's if you, if you didn't know what you were listening to. This is Horror Movie Survival Guide, and my name is Julia, and this is Marion. Um, and also find us on iTunes. Oh yeah, uh, because, you can yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can do that, and maybe you can write us nice notes, uh-huh. and we'll say thank you. Tell it, us what you think of the Yeti. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Yeti song, or Lynn's groovy hair. Oh, her hair. If you can explain sweeping the grass, I'll never be that groovy, and that makes me a little sad. It's true. Yeah. At least you're not clogged up by a Yeti. Not yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see life. <laughs> not Yeti. Not Yeti. Oh, uh, that's scary. That is pretty bad. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Next week, we'll be talking about Candyman. 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 Morgan, we have some questions for our viewers. We do. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. See you next time, guys. <laughs>